You're listening to the newest episode of Life Equals Choices, Choices Equal Life, with your host, Kim Olver. This is Kim, and welcome to the 55th episode of Life Equals Choices, Choices Equal Life. Today I want to discuss not only the process of writing your book, but also production and marketing of your book as well. I firmly believe everyone has a story. And because of your story, you have something to contribute to humankind that can make other people's lives better because of your information and experience. Whether or not you take this opportunity is up to you. Remember the name of this podcast is Life Equals Choices, Choices Equal Life. You will be presented with many opportunities in your life, and it's always your choice whether you open to those opportunities or you close the door on them. It's completely up to you. If you are someone who's thinking of writing a book but don't really know the steps involved or where to start, I want to outline my process and the steps that I took to becoming a published author with a strong following. There's something to be said about taking the mystery out of things. If you think that the hardest part of writing a book is the writing, you'd be incorrect. Writing the book is, for many, the easy part. All you're doing is taking the knowledge and experience from your brain and writing it on paper or typing it onto a screen. This almost requires no effort, particularly when you get in the flow. But the steps after the writing are what can cause many who begin to write a book to push it to the back burner or to give up on it altogether. I hope that after listening to this podcast, that won't be you, because I'm sure if you're thinking of writing a book, you have something worthwhile and important to say. There are basically four steps to becoming a successful author. These steps can be accomplished sequentially or with some overlap. You get to decide, but the main thing is to understand you'll have to invest time and money into this process if you want to be successful. Don't stop after the first, second, or third steps, or you will be disappointed with your results. The steps are, first, a pre-writing preparation phase. Then there's the writing phase. Then the production phase. And finally, the dreaded word for many authors, marketing. So I'm going to talk to you about each step individually with some steps to take under each one. So in the preparation or pre-writing phase, this is when you do a lot of research. Some authors totally skip this phase, and I think that when you do, you don't have as strong a book at the end. So I encourage you to please follow these steps before you actually start to write. And if you're already writing, that's okay. Just go back and do the research. The first thing to do is make sure you have a solid concept. So you want to research what's already been written on your subject. See if you can find some gaps in the knowledge or a unique way that you might be presenting it for your readers. Do you have the experience and information your target market wants and needs to know? Do they know they need it? And will they be willing to pay for it? Those are very different questions. You're looking for a target market who wants what you know, who knows that they need it, and who are willing to pay for it. Sometimes people give up in this phase because they think someone has already written their book. This is not true. You may write on a topic that's been written on before, but no one has written it your way with your experience and your particular voice. I find that the people who need to hear things your way will be attracted to you, and people who want to hear whoever had written about it before you will find that person. 
In this phase, you must adopt the abundance rather than the scarcity mentality. The people who need to hear what you have written will be drawn to your work. People who need to hear in the voice of your competitors will be drawn to their work. There's plenty to go around. Adjust your expectations. Most authors do not become rich from their book sales unless they become a New York Times bestseller, a guest on Oprah, or have many influencer connections. People can make money from becoming an author because now you're seen as an authority in your field. In my case, I've been invited to speak with audiences around the world. I get to travel regularly to exotic places and other people pay for it. Other authors make their money by putting a high price tag on their speaking engagements or becoming consultants to companies and organizations implementing their strategy. It's important to have the right mindset going in. The next thing you want to do is determine your why for writing the book. If your answer is simply that you have authoring a book on your bucket list, that probably won't get you through those times when you don't feel like writing to the final product. Your why needs to be bigger than you. Your why should have to do with the people you're planning to help. That way, when you don't feel like writing, and those times will happen, you can muster some motivation by thinking of those people who need to hear what you know. Part of your research is narrowing down your target market. Most of the new authors I know think that their book is for everyone. The problem is that when you try to write a book for everyone, you actually end up writing a book for no one because you can't possibly market to everyone. You'll want to narrow your niche so you can properly market to them. Narrowing your niche doesn't mean other people won't buy and read your book. It's just that you have a group you're targeting. If you're struggling with narrowing your niche, think of who you want to work with. Who would be your ideal client? Once you know your target market, you should create an avatar, a person, whether real or fictitious, that you'll be able to imagine sitting in a chair next to you while you're writing. That way, when you write, you're simply having a conversation with your avatar, someone who could be your friend. Know everything about them, how old they are, where they work, what are their hidden hobbies, marital and parental status, where they hang out, what they read, what blogs do they visit, what podcasts do they follow, and what social media do they use. You get the idea. You'll also do some physical research, either in the bookstore or online. You're researching so you understand the norms of your genre. Trying to stand out can be the kiss of death when you're yet unknown. Take note and answer the following questions. What is the typical size of the cover? Is it standard six by nine or are they something different? How many pages on average are the books in your category? Are there common colors on the covers? Look to see what your USP or unique selling proposition could be. How would you provide the information differently than other people? Also make note of who the prominent writers are in your area so you can later approach them for a quote for your cover. Some people get hung up on how to actually write the book, especially if they're not the best at typing. There are several options for you. You can type, audio record for transcription, use voice-to-text software, write by hand, or employ a ghostwriter. Which will be the most productive method for you? The second phase is when you're getting ready to write. 
Of course, you don't have to wait to write until you finish all the tasks of the pre-writing stage. You can be writing all along. It's just that your research will definitely shape your writing and the direction of the book. So don't write the book first and then do your research. One of the most important things when you're getting ready to write is to make appointments with yourself to write and be consistent. Never cancel an appointment with yourself unless it's something you would cancel an appointment with your best client for. My rule always was if my children were bleeding or had broken bones, I would probably cancel. But other than that, if I had an appointment to write, I wrote. Next, you'll want to create a binder with a mock-up cover, a working title, and back cover sales copy and carry it with you at all times. Get those three ring binders that have the cover over the front and the back where you can slide a piece of paper down in between. So you'll create the first draft of your cover and your back cover copy and slide them into those places. It'll feel like you're carrying your book around. You also want to get dividers with pockets to stuff little notes you might write or things that you may cut out that you want to include in your book. When you decide on a working title, especially if you're thinking it looks like that's going to be the actual title, see if you can purchase the URL in a .com if available. It's also helpful to go on Amazon and search for that title to see if someone has already written a book with the same title. There are no laws that say you can't write a book with the same title, but it really isn't a very good idea because people will be looking for your book and they'll buy your competitor's book by mistake, or they might be looking for your competitor's book and buy yours by mistake, but you don't want people buying your book by mistake. So if someone already has the title you're thinking of using, go back to the drawing board and find something different. Never try to edit as you write. That's what the second draft is for. The first time you write your book, you're only trying to get the words from your head onto the paper or screen. Attempting to write and simultaneously edit is the cause of much writer's block. Resist that urge. Don't worry about whether you spelled it right. Don't worry about if you used the right version of the word to or here or there. Just write in a flow what's in your head, getting it down your arm out onto the paper or the screen. Once your first draft is done, you'll go back through the book again to edit what you've written. You'll want to make transitions smooth and ensure your chapters are consistent. If there's a quote at the beginning of all but three chapters, find quotes for those three or nix them all together. Then place quotes at the beginning of the rest of the chapters. Go through your research and be sure everything you wanted to include is included without being repetitive and with an overall logical flow to the book. I know the last book I wrote, when I went back and did my second draft, I realized that I had changed the voice three different times throughout the book. So sometimes I was writing using you, the second person voice. Sometimes I wrote using I, the first person voice. And sometimes I wrote they, them, he, she. So I was using third person voice. It was actually quite funny. So my second draft was spent figuring out what voice I wanted to use and go through the edits being consistent with that. The third draft is about peer review. Instead of sending it to family and friends, you send it to experts in your field and request their feedback. This doesn't mean that you won't send your book eventually to family and friends, but they are not considered peers. 
Your peers would be someone else who might write this book. So it could be someone who deals with people with your problem, or it could be someone who's actually had your problem and gotten to the other side just like you. They would be your peer reviewers. The rule of thumb is to have three peer reviewers read each chapter, which can be done while you're writing. So if you finish a chapter, send it out to three reviewers. When you get the feedback, you may not use all of it. You're going to have to decide what is valid that you want to use and what you're going to say no thank you to. You will eventually be looking for testimonials, so build relationships with your peer reviewers. Once someone has reviewed one of your chapters, if you go back to them asking for a testimonial, they're more likely to give it to you because you've already had a positive exchange. The bigger the name, the more mileage for your book. It's also helpful to blog about your topic as you write your book. Think of it as free marketing, as it will raise awareness of your existence in the field, establish you as an expert, grow your platform, and increase the number of people waiting for the publication of your book. You also want to talk about your book on social media. Think about which social channel your target market visits most. My audience prefers Instagram and Facebook, so I target my messages there. If you're writing a business book, you'll want to be on LinkedIn. You will want to create an author's website where people can sign up to receive notice of your book's publication. Consider giving them a high perceived value giveaway in exchange, such as a free chapter of your book. The next phase is the producing and publishing phase. A lot of people ask the question, I don't know how to turn my manuscript into an actual book. Well, that's what producing is about. And that's what a publisher usually does for you. Only these days, it's very hard for first-time writers to get a publisher unless you have a very strong platform. And by a strong platform, I'm talking about tens of thousands of people who follow you. After you've finished making your fourth draft changes, incorporating the feedback from your peer reviewers, you turn your book over to your content editor. Now, a content editor is a person who reads your story and makes suggestions about maybe adding some content, telling you you have too many details in other areas, and they might actually make the suggestion that you move some stuff around. That's the big picture edit, and you want to do that first. At the same time, you can start your cover designer working on the cover of your book. They won't be able to complete the design until all your edits are complete because the size of your spine depends on the number of pages, but they can create the front and back cover while they wait for your final page count. You will need to provide or have your back cover copywriter create your bio, a description of what the reader can find in your book, bullet points about what your reader will learn, some brief advanced quotes in praise of your book, and a professional headshot. The cover designer will also need the price you want to charge for your book, as well as the ISBN. After you've gone through the edits, your content editor suggests, send your manuscript to your copy editor, who will perfect the way you're saying things. The copy editor is also called a line editor, and they go through every sentence, suggest how you might tighten up your writing, they get rid of excess words, they make sure things are spelled correctly. It's a good edit to go through. Once you've made all the changes to your book that you want to make with your own edits, it's time to send your manuscript to the proofreader. 
the proofreader does the final read through, checks punctuation, spelling, just gets everything exactly right. Once that's done, it's time to send your manuscript to the interior designer to take your Word doc or PDF and magically turn it into a book with page numbers, special chapter beginnings, and an assurance that there is balance and synergy in your layout. The interior designer does work that typically feels like behind the scenes stuff. You probably won't even notice it, but readers notice when they pick up a book and it has not been designed well on the inside. The last step in production is determining who your printer will be. It must be a book printer, not your local Office Max. Today, most first-time authors go with the print-on-demand service. That way, they don't have to worry about warehousing books or the expense of printing multiple copies before you know how many you're going to sell. However, you may have reasons for doing a digital or an offset printing. You'll want to investigate the best way for you to print and then check prices to find your best option. The final phase is marketing. Some of the marketing should actually start when you first start writing your book. When your book is finished though, you'll submit your book for book awards and bestseller lists. You'll want to list your book on Amazon and Goodreads. Consider giving away some books on Goodreads by creating a contest. Create author pages at both sites. Book signing, author interviews, podcasts, and other no or low-cost marketing ideas need to be aggressively pursued. If you want your book to grace the shelves of bookstores, then you will need to locate a distributor. Larger bookstores don't buy from authors directly. And you can also put together a bestseller campaign. This is quite involved and often takes about nine months to organize. So just getting done with your book, I want you to think you may have yet another year to go before you actually do your big launch. Inside Out Press can help you with everything, depending on your budget and how successful you want your book to be. One of my favorite things to do is help people with a great idea to become the author they want to be. For this reason, I facilitate a writer's group for Inside Out Press that can hold your hand through the entire experience. I've put the information in the show notes. You just finished listening to an episode on the Life Equals Choices, Choices Equal Life podcast. If you liked today's episode, make sure to leave me a review on iTunes and share this podcast with your friends on social media. Just don't forget to tag me at the Relationship Center on Instagram or Facebook. I hope you'll join me next week when I'll be interviewing my good friend, Dr. Karen O'Donnell, about her process of following the path that opens up for you. I'm looking forward to it. Talk with you then. This has been another thought-provoking episode of Life Equals Choices, Choices Equal Life. To listen to past episodes, please visit our website at www therelationshipcenter.biz forward slash podcast and remember to subscribe.